said last week, now I'd like to say it again, salvation was intended to be the single most dynamic and impactful moment in, in time in a person's life. The single most dynamic and impactful moment in a person's life. Amen? And everybody said, Amen. Why, why, why would we want to? Why would we want to re up on that? Because, uh, because there we're living in a day and in an age uh, to where the the mere understanding of, of salvation is this: we're we're going to pray pray some prayer. And look, look, while there is prayer involved, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's a prayer, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you say that's a prayer? If you're calling on the name of the Lord to be saved. Listen, we we cannot uh, we cannot take salvation to mean something that it's not and and I, I'll say it to to say this uh, we must come to a place to where we make much of Jesus Christ in our salvation um, it was it was <clears throat> it was meant for for to be the the constant in your life that would give you and me the ability to experience real change in our life uh, salvation is deep uh, but salvation can be understood salvation can be grasped it can be uh, it can be understood in such a way to where you value it over anything else in your life, and and I, I got a lot of amens, and a lot of a lot of people said yes to this because I believe it's all true for everybody in the room. For those of you, especially that were saved early on in life, you didn't really understand your salvation till you got older. You didn't understand how deep it was, and even for me at 24, I got saved. Uh, saved at 24 didn't understand a lot of my salvation until later on just within the last several years really getting a grasp on what actually all took place you say it took that long yeah it takes a long time some of you were saved at five and didn't really understand what what actually happened so you're like 20 right and what what is that well it, it sometimes it takes a while to to figure this whole thing out. Well, I, we, we, we looked at some stuff in Colossians. Uh, Colossians, we looked, we, we've been delivered, we've been translated, and uh, but because of those things and, and how we became delivered and how we were translated uh, come at the fact uh, of the, uh, the promise through redemption and forgiveness in our own lives. And then last week we looked at the sacrifice of praise because of those things, because we have indeed been translated and, and we, have been, uh, we have been delivered. We looked at this idea of the sacrifice of praise. Now, I don't know how deep that got in your, it, within you. I'm not, I'm not really sure. I think I had a better time uh, preaching it than you did listening to it. Um, and, and, and that's okay. I, I, I'll, say, I'll say this. Um, if if that didn't do something to you, something could be wrong. Either you're really cold, or or or, or you're really just backslid on the Lord, or or maybe you're just really lost. I don't know. But but if that didn't at least motivate you to understand, man, Christ is is called me to offer the sacrifice of praise. And why has He done that? Because because I've been delivered and I've been translated. That's why, because I've been delivered and I've been translated. Well, how'd that happen? Well, I was redeemed and I was forgiven. So I've been delivered and I've been translated because I was redeemed and I was forgiven. And that drives me to a place to where Christ is then the central theme of my sacrifice of praise. Why? Because I, I didn't have to be delivered. I didn't have to be translated. What was I delivered from? I was delivered from my sin. 
I was delivered from the power of darkness and I was translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. I went from darkness to life. I passed from death to life. What is that big deal all about? Well, you were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. And because of that, you are now forgiven for past, present, and future sins. And that is a big deal. And that is the reason that we are to offer the sacrifice of praise. You don't have a smile within your heart. Your heart doesn't leap for joy at times. Well, then I would question the fact that I'd been really been delivered or translated. If the songs that we sing about the blood of Jesus Christ doesn't do something to you, maybe you just didn't see the exceeding sinfulness of your sin. Maybe you just didn't see how rotten you really were. Maybe you were so prideful and so arrogant that you thought God deserved, that you deserved Jesus Christ and you deserved to be saved. You didn't deserve any of that. You see, it ought to do something, it ought to do something in us when we see that we have really been delivered and that we've really been translated. And because of that, because of that, we are now propelled into a place where we offer the sacrifice of praise. Now it is a sacrifice. And the church said amen. It is a sacrifice. It is going to be a sacrifice if you are going uh, to participate in praise. You say, I don't understand why it's so hard to praise. Because you're still living in a body of flesh that doesn't want to do it. You're still living in a body of flesh that doesn't want to do it. And it's constantly fighting against the, the, the urge that the Spirit has. Why? Well, because the flesh lusts against the Spirit, the Spirit against the flesh. And the flesh is always trying to keep down the praise that the Spirit wants to give to God. So on a constant basis, we're always in the struggle. But God called us to do this thing. You ready? To do it with the fruit of our lips, with the flesh. Why? Because the only real way to spot a person that's walking in the Spirit is when his flesh is submitted. The only way to find a person, to figure out if a person is walking in the Spirit, is to see that his flesh is submitted. Well, how are you going to do that? Well, the fruit of the lips is a pretty good place to start. And God's called us to sacrifice continually like our life should be a sacrifice of praise now this morning I, 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 I want to do this rather quickly uh, in, in, in a, I may, it may happen faster if you're paying attention if not you know sometimes we get thrown out of gear if you're not paying attention you just kind of stall out I want to look at John chapter number one and I kind of want to I kind of want to examine what is the big deal or, or why I guess, I guess you'd say why 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 would why would the sacrifice of praise be such a, I, don't, I don't know what's happening in that basement right now but uh, it's kind of freaking me out because I ain't never heard it before um, and I've heard a lot of things come out of that basement I mean a lot there's been a lot of screaming uh, there's been a lot of, I, there's been kids escape and throw stuff at that door to say, hey, send help. 
Um, I think there's been uh, nursery workers that have thrown stuff at that door. Does that somebody send help? Uh, but I, I've never heard that sound particularly before. So that, that's a new one on me. Um, but it went away, so we're all good. As long as the sounds go away, we're, we're, we're all good. But I've been, I've been asking myself, like, all right, so, so I've got this idea, this understanding that I was supposed to offer the sacrifice of praise, but, but maybe you just hadn't come to the place where you have made much of Jesus Christ in your life. Maybe you've come to the place to where you have not made much of Christ in, that, in the fact that you don't really see a need to offer a sacrifice of praise yet. Well, I want to try to help you with that this morning. First, I want to look at John chapter number 1. I, I, I want to look at the call... I want to look at the call of some men to follow Jesus Christ. And I want to look, look, I want to look what comes before their call. I, I've never really put all this together, uh, but, but I've, I've been studying some of this. I kind of want to look at see what comes before the call. John 1 and verse number 29. Let's start there. John 1 and verse 29. Uh, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of... Uh, this is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me, and I knew him not, but that he should be made uh, manifest to Israel. Therefore I am come baptizing with water. And John bare record, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and an abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me baptized with water, sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. Verse 35, And the next day John stood and two of his disciples. So John has two of his disciples, the guys that are following him around. And looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith again, Behold, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and here it is, you ready? And they followed Jesus. And they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto him, What seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? And he saith unto them, Come and see, then Oh, excuse me. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. But he first findeth his own brother, uh, Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is, being interpreted, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus, and when he beheld him, he said, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is being interpreted a stone. Now I want to pray for us, and, and I want to jump into this thing. Father, I love you. I thank you for this day. I thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray that you help us now. God, give us ears to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so a lot of times we use this John chapter number 1 and, and we talk about the, the first call of the disciples but I don't know that we give John uh, we give John really the, the, what, what he deserves. Like John is the forerunner of Jesus Christ. 
Christ. He's the guy that's coming and he's making, he's making a way for Jesus to come on the scene. He's preaching that Jesus is coming. He's preaching the kingdom. And we'll get into that in a minute. That the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. I mean, he's preaching. He's giving it down the road. I mean, he is preaching to these Jews and he is giving these Jews everything that they can handle. And he's got these two old boys that's following him. And one of them is Andrew. And Andrew hears, Andrew hears John say, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Now, now, now get ready for this. I, I think this is really, really, I don't think John gets the credit he deserves. He looks, at, he looks at Andrew and he says, Man, this is the one who the Spirit of God descended on like a dove and is remaining now. And guess what happens? From that time, those two disciples that were following John, they're now following Jesus Christ. All from the simple statement, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Now why is that so big? Because I don't know that we make much of the fact that He is really the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin. I'm not saying we don't, but I don't know how many of us do. You know, it's important you understand in following Jesus Christ, in discipleship, that the very first thing in understanding in discipleship that He is actually the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. That was enough to make the very first disciples of Jesus follow Him. Like the thing that triggered within their mind, oh man, that's the Lamb of God? Well, we got to follow Him. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That's the Lamb of God. Well, guess what? i got to go tell my brother Peter. It made, it made Andrew, this Andrew, gave, uh, Andrew this overwhelming desire to be an evangelist to his own home. To his own home, he became an evangelist. Why? Because he heard John. He heard John say, man, this is the Christ. This is the one that was prophesied about. This is the one they said was coming. This is the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Nay, Andrew, you need to know this is the one. And what does he do? He gets within his heart so bad. Simon, Simon, I found him. I found him. I know where he's at. You've got to come see him. I think it's worth noting that we're, we're dealing with Jews right now. People that won't rightly divide the Bible, they won't rightly divide the Bible. They just won't. They won't see it. They wear rose-colored glasses. And they won't see the fact that we're dealing with Jews right now. There is a shift. The book of Acts teaches us there is a shift. But right now we're primarily dealing with a Jewish nation. We're dealing with him coming to the Jews. Remember, he came to his own. His own what? Received him not. His own received him not. The Jews, now what's important though to understand is that unlike Gentiles, the Jews would have understood things pertaining to great kingships and, and kings of days gone by. The, the, they would have understood things that pertain to the priesthood and the great priest of days gone by. They would have understood things pertaining to prophets and the great prophets of the days gone by. But, but I think it's interesting to note that dealing with a Jew, John didn't elevate Jesus Christ as any of those. He didn't elevate him as a great prophet, priest, or king, although he was indeed the greatest prophet, the greatest priest, and the greatest king. He didn't elevate him as that. What did he elevate him as? He said, behold, here it is, you ready? The Lamb of God. It seems like you'd get more of a following if you really emphasize the things such as prophet, priest, and king. 
The things that they were so enthralled with, prophets and priests and king. Remember, hell, king of the Jews. He was crucified because he claimed to be the son of God, the king of the Jews. And it seems like you'd get a better following just saying, hey man, look, look, there's the king. There's the, the, the greatest prophet to ever step in shoe leather. There's the greatest priest to ever walk the dusty roads of Jerusalem. There he is, guys. There he is. But no, he doesn't say that. He doesn't use that as his method to call people to him. What does he use? He uses something that is so small and so inconvenient and so minuscule to so many people. He says, there is the Lamb of God. you suppose that is? Well, I would say Israel had a problem. <laughs> what was Israel's big problem? Israel's big problem was they were so stooped in their own and steeped in their own religious pride. They were so steeped in their, their, the deepness of their own religious sin that God went straight to the root of the problem. He didn't, he, didn't, he didn't tell them they needed a king. He didn't tell them they needed a priest. He didn't tell them they needed a prophet. No, they, they, they were so deep within their religious pride. They were going to bust hell wide open with wided sepulchers, but they were full of dead men's bones. They were going to be clean on the outside. They were going to bust hell wide open because on the outside they were clean. They were whitewashed sepulchers, but on the inside they were so full of pride and so full of themselves and so full of extortion and so full of heart attitude sins that God went straight to the root of the promises. You don't need a prophet. You don't need a priest. You don't need a king. You need the Lamb of God. I want you to look, look, look in Matthew chapter number 3 to be on your screen. It'll be on the screen. In those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord and make his path straight. And the same John had his raiment of camel's hair and leather girded about his loins and meat uh, and, and his meat was locust and wild honey. That's my kind of dude right there. Amen. That's a lot. That's that's a lot of y'all's kind of dudes. You just don't know it. Y'all are kind of shot out like John. You just don't know it yet. Then went he out in. Uh, then then went out him out to him Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region round about Jordan. So so here it is. John's in this place and 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 now get it. All uh, then went out uh, to him Jerusalem and all of Judea and the region round about Jordan. So we got all these people out look, looking at John. They're all looking at John. And we're baptized and we're baptized of him in Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees come to his baptism, he said unto him, Oh said unto them, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth therefore fruits, meat, uh, for, therefore fruits, meat for repentance. Don't, don't come out here and try to get baptized. Don't come, out here, don't, don't come out here with all your religious pride and try to get baptized and think that's going to fix you. 
Don't come out here and think you're going to do some ceremonial act and, 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 and all the people's going to see you and they're going to applaud. No, don't do that, you generation of vipers. Your heart is wicked. Bring forth fruit. Bring forth, uh, bring forth therefore, fruit. Meat, uh, meat for repentance. And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. I say unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children unto Abraham. Let me, let me tell you something. John was wise beyond his years. John had a wisdom that was from above. He looked at them bunch of scoundrels and said, I don't, care, I don't care where your bloodline's from. I don't care who you was born after. If God wanted to, he'd turn these stones and he'd give them the same blood you got. If that's what he wanted to do, he'd give them the same lineage you got. You can't use that. You don't get to use who you're from. You don't get to use your mom or your dad. or any, You don't get to use none of that. You don't get to use where you went to church. You don't get to use none of that. He said, now is the axe laid to the root of the trees, hacking them off at the knees now. Therefore every tree which bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to John unto Jordan to be baptized of him. You ready? But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and thou comest to me. Jesus answering said unto him, Suffer it to be now, uh, suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went straightway up out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, uh, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. This is the, the, this is the story that John was recanting to his two disciples that indeed propelled them to follow Jesus and one by the name of Andrew to become an instantaneous evangelist. He saw in those men wickedness he saw in those men users he saw in those men men that profited from what God had given them but John when he saw Jesus that day you ready for this I, I'm talking you, you got to remember this is who we're John when he saw Jesus I mean everybody is coming and confessing their sin everybody is is coming and he, he's calling these Pharisees out I mean he is laying the law down with these Pharisees and then Jesus comes in Jesus comes up and and guess what it is it's one in who no sin was found Jesus comes up and it's one that he saw had no sin. And, and he saw one that would take, not only had no sin, but get this, would take away the sin of the world with his own body. Israel indeed needed a sacrifice. But they didn't need another sacrifice that would put sin off for a year. Israel indeed needed a sacrifice. But they needed one that would take away sin. You see, here's what Israel needed. Israel needed a lamb, but they didn't need any lamb. They needed a lamb of God. Can you imagine that day as one by one those men came to John? 
And they came to John and, and they would confess their sins to John before John would baptize them. And then Jesus walks up. No sin of his own to confess. So you know what he does? He confesses the sin of the world. You say, did he do that? No, I was just like, I like thinking that. Well, why would you think he'd do that? Well, because he became my sin bearer. He became your sin bearer. He became our sin bearer. He didn't have any sin of his own to confess. No, he came. What did he come as? He was walking that day, you ready for this? As the Lamb of God, which would take away the sin of the world. Just because he hadn't done it yet didn't mean that he still wasn't the Lamb, that the sin would be placed on that day. Was that why all these men left everything they had? Was it that that drove these men? Was, Brother Daniel, was it nothing else than just the fact that he was the Lamb of God? That's all it was. It didn't have to be. I just, I just man, I, I, I want to know, is that what's propelling us to follow Jesus Christ? Is that what's making us Come to a place where we've counted the cost to follow Jesus Christ. They were so familiar with this term. They were so familiar with this understanding that the lamb, the lamb is what compelled those men to drop it all and follow him. You realize that the highest form of sacrificial praise is an entire life that's given to following Jesus. It's not a moment in time, although a moment in time is great. It's not a moment in time in church. Although you ought to get together with your church and you ought to praise the Lord. But it's not about the moment in time. It's about the life that is wholly given to following Jesus Christ. This morning, I, I want to take, take a few minutes. I, just, I want to look at the Lamb. That's all I want to do. I want to look at the Lamb of God, and I want to see exactly what got these men to the place to where, to where they could say, man, you know what, I'm going to follow this dude. Because there must be something there. There must be something there. You know what? Maybe that, maybe that something's what we're missing. Maybe that something in this room is the reason that discipleship can't be a thing for you all the time. It's on and off. That's why it's a thing that, that it's, you're almost too big for your britches because you, you don't want to come to the place where you give your life to discipleship. Why not? Well, you know, I mean, that's just not really my thing. Maybe you just hadn't seen the Lamb of God like you should see. Maybe that Jewish connection that them boys knew so well is the one thing that we need to study to show ourselves approved on this morning and really dig in the Word and rightly divide the Word and see what is God saying about this Lamb. Can we do that this morning? We'll do it quick. We'll try to do it real fast. Number one, as we look at the Lamb, I want to this morning, I want to carry us all the way back to the first time in Scripture that the firstling of a sheepfold is mentioned. Why don't you go, I think it's in your notes, Genesis chapter 4. Uh, Genesis chapter 4 and verse number 1. Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she bare, and, and, and she again bare 
his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Verse 3, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought forth fruit of the ground for an offering unto the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstling, firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. Now this is the first time the lamb, a lamb that was sacrificed for Abel's sin. This is the first time that you see a firstling or of the flock or a lamb mentioned in Genesis chapter number 4. And this is in connection with Abel's sin. Uh, Genesis chapter number 22 and verse number 8. And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for, burnt, for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. Now you remember, you remember what's happening. God himself, he came to... He came to Abraham and he said, Abraham, Abraham, and you know how it goes. And he says, Here am I. And, and the story goes that, that God told Abraham to take thy son, thine only son, and he wanted him to sacrifice him. He wanted to give him, he wanted him to give him for a burnt offering. So what does Abraham do in Genesis 22? He goes and he sacrifices, he goes there and he's going to sacrifice his only begotten son. Now, why is that such a big deal? Well, because Isaac says something in the middle of that whole thing. He said, we got, foot, we got wood and we got fire. But daddy, we missing one thing. Where, where, what are we going to kill up there on that mountain? Where's the lamp? Where is the burnt sacrifice? Like, where is the sacrifice? We're missing the sacrifice. And, and look, what, look what Genesis uh Genesis chapter 22 and verse 13 and, and Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and behold and behold behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns and Abraham went and took the ram and offered up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son God provided a ram in, in Genesis chapter 22 in the stead of somebody God provided the sacrifice in the stead of Isaac. God provided. Listen, God's trying to set forth this pattern, man. You gotta see it. If you're gonna see, if, if you're gonna see the lamb like God wants you to see it, you gotta see it how God's laid it out. Look at Exodus chapter number 12. Exodus chapter number 12. You remember the Passover lamb is uh, is is sacrificed on the night directly before the Exodus in, uh, from Egypt. This is, this, is, uh, this is right before the exodus. And a Passover lamb was to be, uh, was to be killed. Uh, and if you remember anything about Exodus 12, they'll take the blood of that lamb and they'll put it on the doorpost of the house and then they will actually ingest that lamb. Look at Exodus 12 verse 3. Speaking unto all the congregation saith, In the tenth, uh, tenth day of this month they shall eat, uh, they, sh excuse me, they shall take, to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers. Here it is, a lamb for the house. So a lamb got them out of Egypt. A lamb got them, how did a lamb get them out of Egypt? Well that night if they didn't actually do and participate in this Passover lamb, there was a lot of death that took place. If you didn't do exactly what God called you to do, the, the, uh, the angel that came through, would actually uh, have taken lives that didn't participate in this. Look at uh, the, the lamb in Leviticus. The lamb in Leviticus. 
On the Day of Atonement, Leviticus 16, there is a lamb that's offered by Aaron. Aaron kills the bullet and burns the fat, the liver and the kidneys. Leviticus 4, the blood sprinkled seven times on, the mercy, on and before the mercy seat. And then the blood is put on the horns of the brazen and the incense altar. And then the carcass is like we, we talked about last night. It's burned outside of the camp. Leviticus 4, it's, there, it's done for the, the sins, the personal sins of the priest. And then we see in Leviticus 4, it's done for the congregation. So the lamb is now providing access for sin to be put off. You know, you remember in, 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 uh, in Isaiah chapter 53, there's a lamb. Isaiah 53 verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet, he opened not his mouth. He, brought, he, he is brought forth as a lamb to the slaughter. As a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Now what's interesting about this chapter in Isaiah 53 is you can go to Acts chapter number 8 and the same, that same chapter, Acts, uh, Isaiah 53, carries us to a place in your Bible in Acts chapter number 8 to where the very first Gentile, the very first Gentile is saved in the book of Acts. Here is our, here is our shift, if you would. Here's our shift, if, if you would. But make sure you understand well, how are they saved? They're saved by the, by the Lamb. He's saved by the Lamb of Isaiah chapter 53. Look at Acts chapter, Acts chapter 8 verse 30. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet where we just read Isaiah 53. Isaiah and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I? Except some man should guide me. And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. He's like, man, hey, Philip, why don't you come up here in this chair? Why don't you sit with me? And why don't you tell me uh, about this whole Isaiah 53 thing? Now, this is, gets better. The place of the scripture which he reads was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. Like a lamb dumb before his shears. So he opened not his mouth. You ready? Acts, Acts 8 and 35. Then Philip opened his mouth. And he began at the same scripture in Isaiah chapter 53 toward that lamb all the way from Genesis chapter number 4 and all the way down through Genesis 22 and Leviticus chapter 4 and Leviticus chapter 16 is now brought us to Isaiah chapter number 53 and he opens and begins at that same scripture and he preaches who? He preaches Jesus to him. He preaches Christ the lamb that was sacrificed. The shadow of things to come. It has come. An Ethiopian eunuch preaches. An Ethiopian eunuch gets a mouthful from, from Philip, and guess what he does? He believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, Believe us with all thine heart that he is the Son of God. And he said, I do. He said, What prevents me to, uh, to be baptized? Man, listen, th this dude gets all in at one time. How? Because a man named Philip decided to get to a man from Isaiah chapter 53. And who was it in Isaiah 53? None other than Jesus Christ. Who was it in Genesis chapter number 4? Who was it in Genesis 22? Who was it in Leviticus 4 and Leviticus 16? It was none other than Jesus Christ, the very Lamb of God which would take away the sin of the world one day 
Peter carries on with that lamb. In First Peter, in First Peter chapter one verse eighteen, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations re- received by your traditions, by traditions from your father, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without spot and without blemish. Peter would know how hard that was to find. Look at what Revelation says. Look what John's seen in Revelation about Jesus Christ. Revelation 5, and I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and read uh, to open and to read the book. Neither to look thereon. No man. One of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of Jesse, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And, and I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and, the, and of the four beasts, in the midst of the elders, here it is, a lamb, uh, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into the, all the earth. Look at Revelation 20, 21 and verse 22. And I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of, the, uh, for the glory of God did light it. And you ready? And the Lamb is the light thereof. Revelation 22, he commences this thing, and there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his seven, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and there shall be no candle, neither the light of sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and forever. What is lighting the, the what is going to light heaven will be the Lamb of of God from Genesis 4 all the way to Isaiah 53, all the way to John 1, all the way to Acts chapter number 8, all the way to Revelation 22. It is this lamb. But I left one out. Did I figure I'd give you a little latitude on to make a judgment call with? Because we're all about words around here. I think you, you, you decide for yourself. We believe that words mean something. Amen? We believe that whosoever will is not the same as is like a few. Right? Amen? I left one out just, just for you. Right before Genesis chapter number 4, there's an interesting thing that happens. When Abel brings his lamb and, and the fats burn uh, from his firstling of the flock. How many of you understand a firstling of the flock is a lamb? Everybody got that? You say, well, don't say lamb. A firstling of the flock is a, is a really small uh, piece of the flock, which we would call lamb. Genesis 4, though, Abel has a pattern. He, he, he just, unless he, unless he somehow or another, uh, through, through osmosis, has just decided that he's going to bring a lamb. Well, you know what happens in Genesis chapter 3? The great fall of man happens in Genesis 3. 
Adam and Eve are uncovered and they're naked before their eyes. They wasn't before. But because they did and they rebelled against what God said, the one thing God said don't do is exactly what they did. There's something that happens in Genesis chapter 3. Look at verse 21. And unto Adam also and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them? Did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them? Now, I, I, again, I'm going to let you have some latitude there. You decide. But here's what I would say. Genesis 4 comes out of the gate with Abel sacrificing the firstling of his flock. And Genesis chapter number 3, the nakedness of Adam and Eve is covered by God himself. When God himself, God in his own hand, God in his, in his, in his own way killed animals to make coats of skin to cover the nakedness of Adam and Eve. Now, I don't know about you, but I've got a real good idea that the coats of skin that Adam, that Adam and, that was covering Adam and Eve are the same coats of skin that's covering me right now is the very righteousness of God from the very Lamb of God Himself. Yeah. I just got a feeling that it's probably... Again, you, you, you take latitude there. I'm not going to say emphatically. I'm going to say consistently with the scriptures that I believe that it's probably lambs. I believe that it's probably, I believe it's probably, probably sheeps. You, you ready for this? God himself from Genesis chapter number 3. provided a way for man to be covered. And it would be a shadow of things to come. All the way back through your Bible, it's the same lamb. Why is all of this such a big deal? I want you to say, I got a few more things and, 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 and we'll, we'll, we'll be done in a minute. Genesis chapter 3 and Genesis chapter number 4 reveals the necessity of the lamb. Genesis chapter three and verse uh, Genesis three and Genesis four reveals the necessity of the lamb. Genesis twenty two reveals the provision of the lamb. Exodus chapter number twelve reveals the slaying of the lamb. Leviticus, without spot and without blemish, reveals the character of this lamb. Isaiah chapter number 53, as he opens not his mouth, reveals the personality of the Lamb. John chapter number 1, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world, he reveals the identity of the Lamb. Acts chapter number 8 reveals the Christhood of the Lamb in the Old Testament. 1 Peter chapter number 1 reveals the resurrection of the Lamb. Revelation chapter number 5 reveals the Lamb being enthroned. And then Revelation 21 and 22 reveals that there is an ever-reigning Lamb in the kingdom of God that lights the kingdom of God. Say, so why is that such a big deal? 
Well, I'll tell you this. It caused a bunch of fishers to drop everything they had and leave. Just to follow Jesus. It caused a bunch of nobodies to, to one day just, man, they just abandoned everything they had. And they, they, they said, all right, we're following this dude. The lamb for Adam, Eve, and Abel, it was for sin. The lamb for Abraham, the, the, the lamb with Abraham was for one person. The lamb of the Passover was for one family. The lamb in Leviticus was for one nation. The lamb in Isaiah was for one elect. The lamb in 1 John, though, it's for the whole world. The lamb in chapter in, in Acts chapter 8, guess where it's gone to? It's, it's, it's turned to a whosoever will. And then the lamb in Revelation is for, for all of our eternity. Guys, he was enough in the Old Testament. He's enough today. He's enough for you and me, guess what? To abandon our nets and follow Jesus. He's enough for you. The Lamb is enough for us to look at him. And, and, but why did you start following Jesus anyway? Daniel, if you would, you, you can play that thing. Why did you start following Jesus anyway? I remember coming to faith in Christ, and the only reason I did what I did, the only reason I kept going, was because I could not believe that he would forgive somebody like like I just couldn't get over it. I couldn't get over the fact that God would come and, and save me and do what he did and change my life. And, and, and here it is. I think, I think maybe, this, maybe this is the same thing these guys seen. Maybe this is what Andrew seen. Maybe this is what Peter seen. I, I don't know. But, what, but whatever they seen, it didn't come with a whole lot of words from John. He, he, he said, behold, this is the Lamb of God. This is the Christ. This is who we've been waiting on, boys. This is the Lamb. This is the one I've been preaching about. This is the one I've been saying. The kingdom of heaven is coming. This is Him. This is who we got to follow. And you got to decide. Does that statement ring in your heart like it did Andrew's? Does it, does it make you does it make you sweat and nervous? Man, that people people are lost and that people are cold. And you'd be crazy. You'd be crazy to think that this church hadn't been in a cold snap. And I don't know, I don't know if it's because that we've lost track of the Lamb or not. I don't know if it's because we've missed Jesus or not. I don't know if we're, 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 like, we're, we're like Mary and, and Joseph and, and just, just slap run off with Jesus with everything else we got going on. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Has church become a bigger deal than Jesus Christ? But we'd be crazy to think that we hadn't become Laodicean in this joint a little bit. 
that we hadn't become loud of sin with our pride. We hadn't become loud of sin with our worship. We hadn't become loud of sin in these altars. We hadn't become loud of sin with, with how we do things in church. Man, some of us sit around like this thing don't it, like this book ain't alive and it may not be alive in your heart and, and I get it because you're so cold and you're so indifferent but friend I, I got news for you this book's alive it'll talk to you it'll do things for you it'll change your life but you ain't, it ain't gonna happen unless you see it like Andrew's seen it unless you see it like Andrew's said man there's the Lamb of God there's the man there's the Christ there's the Messiah I gotta go tell my brother I gotta go tell Peter hey we found him you got to come see him maybe you just need to get back to the fact of being excited that you even know Jesus Christ maybe you need to get back to the fact that man God's son gave his life for me and that while I was yet a sinner Christ died for an ungodly worm like me that Christ came and bled and died lived 33 and a half perfect sinless years on this earth so much so that John would look at him after calling all these bunch of hypocrites vipers after telling all this and he said man I can't baptize you you need to be baptizing me man could we get back there just for a minute in time today and say God renew our hearts help us repent of our cold Laodicean lifestyles I don't know if you know this or not but church don't work so that's a big bold statement let's be in a church but church don't work you know how many people I've seen leave these, leave these pews right here because church didn't work there ain't a person in here. You're you going to get burnt out one day. You're going to get cold. You're going to get hard-hearted one day if this is all you got. You ain't going to worship. You ain't going to be thankful. You ain't going to be great. I'm telling you right now, I've seen it time and time again. I've watched too many drunks get sober. I've watched too many drug addicts get sober. I've watched too many people God be good to, and they get a lot of church, and they forget about the one that brought them from the drugs and brought them from the drinking and delivered their cold, hard, bitter heart. Man, there's a bunch of bitter people God delivered in this room. There's a bunch of religious people God delivered in this church. There's a bunch of people that, that, that hated so many people and God broke their heart and done a big work and all they had was church. And guess what? You fall out if all you got is church. You'll never make it until you get a fresh glimpse of the Lamb, until you see Him without spot and without blemish, till you see that you're rotten to your very core and He's good all the way through and through, that He's a God that is, that is quick to forgive. Listen, we gotta, we gotta repent of our coldness. We gotta repent of our Laodicean lifestyles. We gotta come to the place where we say, Oh God, if help me, God, help me. God, it's me. God, it's me that's causing problems in my church. Is it you that's causing problems in your church? Is it you that's got a bitter attitude towards somebody? Is it you that's that's hard-hearted? Oh man, he, he, you know, man, we got we got people that get upset about going to prayer room in here that do stuff that worship that are part of worship that are part of of, of, of of computer stuff I don't know if you know this if you do anything in here you touch any of the Lord's stuff God's give you a place to do something to minister in this church this, 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 is, this ain't none of this in your mind 
There ain't none of this in your mind. This is all the Lord's stuff. And if you do anything on the Lord's stuff, guess what? That's a part of ministering to the body of Christ. It's, oh, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't, my heart don't have to be right to do this. My heart don't have to be right to do that. My heart don't have to be right. I, I don't care what it is. If your heart ain't right, you're killing the thing. You're killing the thing if the heart ain't right. I'm begging you. I'm begging you for a moment in time. And I, I'm not going to beg and barter. But I will ask you. If you, need to get, if you need to get anything right in your life, I, I, it don't matter what it is to me. I, I, don't, I don't need to know it. I'm not John. You don't got to confess nothing to me. I'm not Jesus. You ain't got to talk to me about nothing. As a matter of fact, all you need to do is repent. All you need to do is confess that the Lord repent. This ain't a big, hard thing. You ain't got to come, you, you ain't got to come wall around and, and cut yourself with rocks and, and, and flail around in the altar and, 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 and you know, no, no, you ain't got to do none of that. You just got to come and see the Lamb for who He is. Let's pray. Father, thank You, Lord, for this morning. Lord, thank You for giving the Lamb. Thank You for giving us a Lamb that is without spot and without blemish. God this morning I pray that uh, Lord for every person in this room that may be indifferent towards you cold I guarantee there's some people in this room right now Lord and I, I don't need to know it but I, their hearts are cold towards you they, they ain't seen you as the lamb God I'm asking you Lord this morning Lord if there's somebody in this room that's lost and, and God you pricked their heart this morning and you your spirit dealt with them about their lostness, God. You, you showed them that they need a Savior. That all they have to do is place their faith and their trust in you. That the death, burial, and resurrection of that spotless, sinless lamb was enough to pay their sin debt. God, if they're in this room, they need to be saved. I pray, God, that you wouldn't let them out of here without being born again. Lord, for the one that is saved, God, this morning, would you bring them to a place of earnest humility? every head bowed and every eye closed I wonder is there anybody in the room you say man I don't want you to come to me I just want you to pray for me you say brother Leon I, I, I need you to pray for me if I die right now I, I just don't have any assurance of my salvation I just want you to pray for me though would you just slide your hand up long enough for me to see it and slide it right back down slide up long enough for me to see it and right back, I promise you I won't come to you alright see that one but if you know that you slide up long enough for me to see it alright I wonder, man, could, could it be there, there's somebody in here and you, you just need to see the Lamb? Would you be honest enough to say, man, I've lost a focus on the Lamb of God which took away my sin? Would you be honest? Would you just slide? I just want to pray for you. I promise you I ain't going to come to you. I see that one. I see that one. I see that one. Yeah. To be another, just just slide up, slide right back down. I'm just gonna pray for you. Amen. Brother Daniel's gonna sing. I'm gonna pray for Brother Daniel sings. 
maybe some people, man, you just, there's already some people in the altar. Maybe you just want to do, do some business with the Lord alone. If you want to do it in this altar, let me encourage you to do that this morning. Father, Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for giving your son. Thank you, Lord, for your people. I pray that you, you use this time of invitation to, to bring people that are lost to you. And for those that, that, that have, that have missed, and got, missed a, a clear view of the Lamb, God, I pray that this morning may, may be the morning they get it back in focus. Lord, during this invitation time, is we invite people to come to Jesus. Do, do business with the Lord. Would you, would you move and, and work in their hearts in Jesus' name? Amen. But Daniel's going to sing, you need to come. You come on. Their heads were low. Their steps were slow. As they walked along that long and made He drew near. He said, Why are you so sad? Are things really that bad? They said, Sir, have you not heard? Why you must be a stranger in this town? For the one who came in the Father's name, well, he has been cut down and laid his body in the ground. But as they walked and talked, he began to explain about this Jesus and why he came. He opened the scriptures, began to teach that old preacher of preachers. He began to preach. He said in the wilderness the children, nothing to eat. Open manna from heaven fell down at their feet. They were dry and thirsty in a foreign land. Living water came forth out of a rock in the sand. When the three Hebrew children Thrown in the flame, a fourth man appeared. They've been called him by name. The man ahead, the water, the man, they're all the same. If you're still confused, let me say this real plain. That was me. That was me. Yes, I'm the one that died for you at Calvary. It was me. All right. Well, and I, I hope I hope you did what you needed to do this morning. And um, man, let, let me encourage you. Man, come in, come in here. Come in here, looking for him, looking for the Lamb to. Minister to your heart. Amen? All right. Well, uh,